Part Two of Parmenides by Plato, translated by Benjamin Jowett. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Jeffrey Edwards. Parmenides proceeded. If one is, he said, the one cannot be many. Impossible. Then the one cannot have parts and cannot be a whole. Why not? because every part is part of a whole, is it not? Yes. And what is a whole? Would not that of which no part is wanting be a whole? Certainly. Then, in either case, the one would be made up of parts, both as being a whole and also as having parts? To be sure. And in either case, the one would be many and not one? True but surely it ought to be one and not many? It ought. Then, if the one is to remain one, it will not be a whole, and will not have parts? No. But if it has no parts, it will have neither beginning, middle, nor end, for these would of course be parts of it. Right. But then again, a beginning and an end are the limits of everything? certainly. Then the one, having neither beginning nor end, is unlimited? Yes, unlimited. And therefore formless, for it cannot partake either of round or straight? But why? Why, because the round is that of which all the extreme points are equidistant from the centre? Yes. And the straight is that of which the centre intercepts the view of the extremes? true. Then the one would have parts, and would be many, if it partook either of a straight or of a circular form? Assuredly. But having no parts, it will be neither straight nor round? Right. And being of such a nature, it cannot be in any place, for it cannot be either in another or in itself. How so? because if it were in another it would be encircled by that in which it was, and would touch it at many places, and with many parts. But that which is one and indivisible, and does not partake of a circular nature, cannot be touched all round in many places. Certainly not. But if, on the other hand, one were in itself, it would also be contained by nothing else but itself, that is to say, if it were really in itself, for nothing can be in anything which does not contain it. Impossible. But then that which contains must be other than that which is contained, for the same whole cannot do and suffer both at once, and if so, one will be no longer one but two. True. Then one cannot be anywhere, either in itself or in another? No. Further, consider whether that which is of such a nature can have either rest or motion. Why not? Why, because the one, if it were moved, would be either moved in place or changed in nature, for these are the only kinds of motion. Yes, and the one, when it changes and ceases to be itself, cannot be any longer one. It cannot. It cannot therefore experience the sort of motion which is change of nature? 
clearly not then can the motion of the one be in place perhaps but if the one moved in place must it not either move round and round in the same place or from one place to another it must and that which moves in a circle must rest upon a centre and that which goes round upon a centre must have parts which are different from the centre but that which has no centre and no parts cannot possibly be carried round upon a centre impossible but perhaps the motion of the one consists in change of place perhaps so if it moves at all and have we not already shown that it cannot be in anything yes then its coming into being in anything is still more impossible is it not i do not see why why because anything which comes into being in anything can neither as yet be in that other thing while still coming into being nor be altogether out of it if already coming into being in it certainly not and therefore whatever comes into being in another must have parts and then one part may be in and another part out of that other but that which has no parts can never be at one and the same time neither wholly within nor wholly without anything true and is there not a still greater impossibility in that which has no parts and is not a whole coming into being anywhere since it cannot come into being either as a part or as a whole clearly then it does not change place by revolving in the same spot nor by going somewhere and coming into being in something nor again by change in itself very true then in respect of any kind of motion the one is immovable immovable but neither can the one be in anything as we affirm yes we said so then it is never in the same why not because if it were in the same it would be in something certainly and we said that it could not be in itself and could not be another true then one is never in the same place it would seem not but that which is never in the same place is never quiet or at rest never one then as would seem is neither at rest nor in motion it certainly appears so neither will it be the same with itself or other nor again other than itself or other how is that if other than itself it would be other than one and would not be one true and if the same with other it would be that other and not itself so that upon this supposition too it would not have the nature of one but would be other than one it would then it will not be the same with other or other than itself it will not neither will it be other than other while it remains one for not one but only other can be other than other and nothing else true then not by virtue of being one will it be other certainly not but if not by virtue of being one not by virtue of itself and if not by virtue of itself not itself and itself 
not being other at all will not be other than anything right neither will one be the same with itself how not surely the nature of the one is not the nature of the same why not it is not when anything becomes the same with anything that it becomes one what of that anything which becomes the same with the many necessarily becomes many and not one true but if there were no difference between the one and the same when a thing became the same it would always become one and when it became one the same certainly and therefore if one be the same with itself it is not one with itself and will therefore be one and also not one surely that is impossible and therefore the one can neither be other than other nor the same with itself impossible and thus the one can neither be the same nor other either in relation to itself or other no neither will the one be like anything or unlike itself or other why not because likeness is sameness of affections yes and sameness has been shown to be of a nature distinct from oneness that has been shown but if the one had any other affection than that of being one it would be affected in such a way as to be more than one which is impossible true then the one can never be so affected as to be the same either with another or with itself clearly not then it cannot be like another or like itself no nor can it be affected so as to be other for then it would be affected in such a way as to be more than one it would that which is affected otherwise than itself or another will be unlike itself or another for sameness of affections is likeness true but the one as appears never being affected otherwise is never unlike itself or other never then the one will never be either like or unlike itself or other plainly not again being of this nature it can neither be equal nor unequal either to itself or to other how is that why because the one if equal must be of the same measures as that to which it is equal true and if greater or less than things which are commensurable with it the one will have more measures than that which is less and fewer than that which is greater yes and so of things which are not commensurate with it the one will have greater measures than that which is less and smaller than that which is greater certainly but how can that which does not partake of sameness have either the same measures or have anything else the same impossible and not having the same measures the one cannot be equal either with itself or with another it appears so but again whether it have fewer or more measures it will have as many parts as it has measures and thus again the one will be no longer one but will have as many parts as measures right and if it were of one measure it would be equal to that measure yet it has been shown to be incapable of equality 
it has then it will neither partake of one measure nor of many nor of few nor of the same at all nor be equal to itself or another nor be greater or less than itself or other certainly well and do we suppose that one can be older or younger than anything or of the same age with it why not why because that which is of the same age with itself or other must partake of equality or likeness of time and we said that the one did not partake either of equality or of likeness we did say so and we also said that it did not partake of inequality or unlikeness very true how then can one being of this nature be either older or younger than anything or have the same age with it in no way then one cannot be older or younger or of the same age either with itself or with another clearly not then the one being of this nature cannot be in time at all for must not that which is in time be always growing older than itself certainly and that which is older must always be older than something which is younger true then that which becomes older than itself also becomes at the same time younger than itself if it is to have something to become older than what do you mean i mean this a thing does not need to become different from another thing which is already different it is different and if its different has become it has become different if its different will be it will be different but of that which is becoming different there cannot have been or be about to be or yet be a different the only different possible is one which is becoming that is inevitable but surely the elder is a difference relative to the younger and to nothing else true then that which becomes older than itself must also at the same time become younger than itself yes but again it is true that it cannot become for a longer or for a shorter time than itself but it must become and be and have become and be about to be for the same time with itself that again is inevitable then things which are in time and partake of time must in every case i suppose be of the same age with themselves and must also become at once older and younger than themselves yes but the one did not partake of those affections not at all then does it not partake of time and is not in any time so the argument shows well but do not the expressions was and has become and was becoming signify a participation of past time certainly and do not will be will become will have become signify a participation of future time yes and is or becomes signifies a participation of present time certainly 
and if the one is absolutely without participation in time it never had become or was becoming or was at any time or is now become or is becoming or is or will become or will have become or will be hereafter most true but are there any modes of partaking of being other than these there are none then the one cannot possibly partake of being that is the inference then the one is not at all clearly not then the one does not exist in such way as to be one for if it were and partook of being it would already be but if the argument is to be trusted the one neither is nor is one true but that which is not admits of no attribute or relation of course not then there is no name nor expression nor perception nor opinion nor knowledge of it clearly not then it is neither named nor expressed nor opined nor known nor does anything that is perceive it so we must infer but can all this be true about the one i think not suppose now that we return once more to the original hypothesis let us see whether on a further review any new aspect of the question appears i shall be very happy to do so we say that we have to work out together all the consequences whatever they may be which follow if the one is yes then we will begin at the beginning if one is can one be and not partake of being impossible then the one will have being but its being will not be the same with the one for if the same it would not be the being of the one nor would the one have participated in being for the proposition that one is would have been identical with the proposition that one is one but our hypothesis is not if one is one what will follow but if one is am i not right quite right we mean to say that being has not the same significance as one of course and when we put them together shortly and say one is that is equivalent to saying partakes of being quite true once more then let us ask if one is what will follow does not this hypothesis necessarily imply that one is of such a nature as to have parts how so in this way if being is predicated of the one if the one is and one of being if being is one and if being and one are not the same and since the one which we have assumed is must not the whole if it is one itself be and have for its parts one and being certainly and is each of these parts one and being to be simply called a part or must the word part be relative to the word whole the latter then that which is one is both a whole and has a part certainly again of the parts of the one if it is i mean being and one does either fail to imply the other 
is the one wanting to being or being to the one impossible thus each of the parts also has in turn both one and being and is at the least made up of two parts and the same principle goes on for ever and every part whatever has always these two parts for being always involves one and one being so that one is always disappearing and becoming two certainly and so the one if it is must be infinite in multiplicity clearly let us take another direction what direction we say that the one partakes of being and therefore it is yes and in this way the one if it has being has turned out to be many true but now let us abstract the one which as we say partakes of being and try to imagine it apart from that of which as we say it partakes will this abstract one be one only or many one i think let us see must not the being of one be other than one for the one is not being but considered as one only partook of being certainly if being and the one be two different things it is not because the one is one that it is other than being nor because being is being that it is other than the one but they differ from one another in virtue of otherness and difference certainly so that the other is not the same either with the one or with being certainly not and therefore whether we take being and the other or being and the one or the one and the other in every such case we take two things which may be rightly called both how so in this way you may speak of being yes and also of one yes then now we have spoken of either of them yes well and when i speak of being and one i speak of them both certainly and if i speak of being and the other or of the one and the other in any such case do i not speak of both yes and must not that which is correctly called both be also two undoubtedly and of two things how can either by any possibility not be one it cannot then if the individuals of the pair are together two they must be severally one clearly and if each of them is one then by the addition of any one to any pair the whole becomes three yes and three are odd and two are even of course and if there are two there must also be twice and if there are three there must be thrice that is if twice one makes two and thrice one three certainly there are two and twice and therefore there must be twice two and there are three and there is thrice and therefore there must be thrice three of course if there are three and twice there is twice three and if there are two and thrice there is thrice two undoubtedly here then we have even taken even times and odd 
taken odd times and even taken odd times and odd taken even times true and if this is so does any number remain which has no necessity to be none whatever then if one is number must also be it must but if there is number there must also be many and infinite multiplicity of being for number is infinite in multiplicity and partakes also of being am i not right certainly and if all number participates in being every part of number will also participate yes then being is distributed over the whole multitude of things and nothing that is however small or however great is devoid of it and indeed the very supposition of this is absurd for how can that which is be devoid of being in no way and it is divided into the greatest and into the smallest and into being of all sizes and is broken up more than all things the divisions of it have no limit true then it has the greatest number of parts yes the greatest number is there any of these which is a part of being and yet no part impossible but if it is at all and so long as it is it must be one and cannot be none certainly then the one attaches to every single part of being and does not fail in any part whether great or small or whatever may be the size of it true but reflect can one in its entirety be in many places at the same time no i see the impossibility of that and if not in its entirety then it is divided for it cannot be present with all the parts of being unless divided true and that which has parts will be as many as the parts are certainly then we were wrong in saying just now that being was distributed into the greatest number of parts for it is not distributed into parts more than the one but into parts equal to the one the one is never wanting to being or being to the one but being two they are coequal and coextensive certainly that is true the one itself then having been broken up into parts by being is many and infinite true then not only the one which has being is many but the one itself distributed by being must also be many certainly further inasmuch as the parts are parts of a whole the one as a whole will be limited for are not the parts contained by the whole certainly and that which contains is a limit of course then the one if it has being is one and many whole and parts having limits and yet unlimited in number clearly and because having limits also having extremes certainly and if a whole having beginning and middle and end for can anything be a whole without these three and if any one of them is wanting to anything will that any longer be a whole no then the one as appears will have beginning middle and end it will but again the middle will be equidistant from the extremes 
or it would not be in the middle yes then the one will partake of figure either rectilinear or round or a union of the two true and if this is the case it will be both in itself and in another two how every part is in the whole and none is outside the whole true and all the parts are contained by the whole yes and the one is all its parts and neither more nor less than all no and the one is the whole of course but if all the parts are in the whole and the one is all of them and the whole and they are all contained by the whole the one will be contained by the one and thus the one will be in itself that is true but then again the whole is not in the parts neither in all the parts nor in some one of them for if it is in all it must be in one for if there were any one in which it was not it could not be in all the parts for the part in which it is wanting is one of all and if the whole is not in this how can it be in them all it cannot nor can the whole be in some of the parts for if the whole were in some of the parts the greater would be in the less which is impossible yes impossible but if the whole is neither in one nor in more than one nor in all of the parts it must be in something else or cease to be anywhere at all certainly if it were nowhere it would be nothing but being a whole and not being in itself it must be in another very true the one then regarded as a whole is in another but regarded as being all its parts is in itself and therefore the one must be itself in itself and also in another certainly the one then being of this nature is of necessity both at rest and in motion how the one is at rest since it is in itself for being in one and not passing out of this it is in the same which is itself true and that which is ever in the same must be ever at rest certainly well and must not that on the contrary which is ever in other never be in the same and if never in the same never at rest and if not at rest in motion true then the one being always itself in itself and other must always be both at rest and in motion clearly and must be the same with itself and other than itself and also the same with the others and other than the others this follows from its previous affections how so everything in relation to every other thing is either the same or other or if neither the same nor other then in the relation of a part to a whole or of a whole to a part clearly and is the one a part of itself certainly not since it is not a part in relation to itself it cannot be related to itself as whole to part it cannot but is the one other than one 
No. And therefore not other than itself? Certainly not. If, then, it be neither other, nor a whole, nor a part in relation to itself, must it not be the same with itself? Certainly. But then again, a thing which is in another place from itself, if this itself remains in the same place with itself, must be other than itself, for it will be in another place. True. Then the one has been shown to be at once in itself and in another? Yes. Thus, then, as appears, the one will be other than itself? True. Well, then, if anything be other than anything, will it not be other than that which is other? Certainly. And will not all things that are not one be other than the one, and the one other than the not one? Of course. Then the one will be other than the others? True. But consider, are not the absolute same and the absolute other opposites to one another? Of course. Then will the same ever be in the other, or the other in the same? They will not. If then the other is never in the same, there is nothing in which the other is during any space of time. For during that space of time, however small, the other would be in the same. Is not that true? Yes. And since the other is never in the same, it can never be in anything that is? True. Then the other will never be either in the not one or in the one? Certainly not. Then not by reason of otherness is the one other than the not one, or the not one other than the one. No. Nor by reason of themselves will they be other than one another, if not partaking of the other. How can they be? But if they are not other, either by reason of themselves, or of the other, will they not altogether escape being other than one another? They will. Again, the not one cannot partake of the one, otherwise it would not have been not one, but would have been in some way one. True. Nor can the not one be number, for having number it would not have been not one at all. It would not. Again, is the not one part of the one, or rather would it not in that case partake of the one? it would. If, then, in every point of view, the one and the not one are distinct, then neither is the one part or whole of the not one, nor is the not one part or whole of the one? No. But we said that things which are neither parts nor wholes of one another, nor other than one another, will be the same with one another. So we said? Yes. Then shall we say that the one, being in this relation to the not-one, is the same with it? Let us say so. Then it is the same with itself and the others, and also other than itself and the others. That appears to be the inference. And it will also be like and unlike itself and the others? Perhaps. 
since the one was shown to be other than the others the others will also be other than the one yes and the one is other than the others in the same degree that the others are other than it and neither more nor less true and if neither more nor less then in a like degree yes in virtue of the affection by which the one is other than others and others in like manner other than it the one will be affected like the others and the others like the one how do you mean i may take as an illustration the case of names you give a name to a thing yes and you may say the name once or oftener yes and when you say it once you mention that of which it is the name and when more than once is it something else which you mention or must it always be the same thing of which you speak whether you utter the name once or more than once of course it is the same and is not other a name given to a thing certainly whenever then you use the word other whether once or oftener you name that of which it is the name and to no other do you give the name true then when we say that the others are other than the one and the one other than the others in repeating the word other we speak of that nature to which the name is applied and of no other quite true then the one which is other than others and the other which is other than the one in that the word other is applied to both will be in the same condition and that which is in the same condition is like yes then in virtue of the affection by which the one is other than the others everything will be like everything for everything is other than everything true again the like is opposed to the unlike yes and the other to the same true again and the one was also shown to be the same with the others yes and to be the same with the others is the opposite of being other than the others certainly and in that it was other it was shown to be like yes but in that it was the same it will be unlike by virtue of the opposite affection to that which made it like and this was the affection of otherness yes the same then will make it unlike otherwise it will not be the opposite of the other true then the one will be both like and unlike the others like in so far as it is other and unlike in so far as it is the same yes that argument may be used and there is another argument what in so far as it is affected in the same way it is not affected otherwise and not being affected otherwise is not unlike and not being unlike is like but in so far as it is affected by other it is otherwise and being otherwise affected is unlike true then because the one is the same with the others and other than the others on either of these two grounds or on both of them it will be both like and unlike the others certainly 
and in the same way as being other than itself and the same with itself on either of these two grounds and on both of them it will be like and unlike itself of course again how far can the one touch or not touch itself and others consider i am considering the one was shown to be in itself which was a whole true and also in other things yes in so far as it is in other things it would touch other things but in so far as it is in itself it would be debarred from touching them and would touch itself only clearly then the inference is that it would touch both it would but what do you say to a new point of view must not that which is to touch another be next to that which it is to touch and occupy the place nearest to that in which what it touches is situated true then the one if it is to touch itself ought to be situated next to itself and occupy the place next to that in which itself is it ought and that would require that the one should be two and be in two places at once and this while it is one will never happen no then the one cannot touch itself any more than it can be two it cannot neither can it touch others why not the reason is that whatever is to touch another must be in separation from and next to that which it is to touch and no third thing can be between them true two things then at the least are necessary to make contact possible they are and if to the two a third be added in due order the number of terms will be three and the contacts two yes and every additional term makes one additional contact whence it follows that the contacts are one less in number than the terms the first two terms exceeded the number of contacts by one and the whole number of terms exceeds the whole number of contacts by one in like manner and for every one which is afterwards added to the number of terms one contact is added to the contacts true whatever is the whole number of things the contacts will be always one less true but if there be only one and not two there will be no contact how can there be and do we not say that the others being other than the one are not one and have no part in the one true then they have no number if they have no one in them of course not then the others are neither one nor two nor are they called by the name of any number no one then alone is one and two do not exist clearly not and if there are not two there is no contact there is not then neither does the one touch the others nor the others the one if there is no contact certainly not for all which reasons the one touches and does not touch itself and the others true further is the one equal and unequal to itself and others how do you mean 
if the one were greater or less than the others or the others greater or less than the one they would not be greater or less than each other in virtue of their being the one and the others but if in addition to their being what they are they had equality they would be equal to one another or if the one had smallness and the others greatness or the one had greatness and the others smallness whichever kind had greatness would be greater and whichever had smallness would be smaller certainly then there are two such ideas as greatness and smallness for if they were not they could not be opposed to each other and be present in that which is how could they if then smallness is present in the one it will be present either in the whole or in a part of the whole certainly suppose the first it will be either co-equal and co-extensive with the whole one or will contain the one clearly if it be co-extensive with the one it will be co-equal with the one or if containing the one it will be greater than the one of course but can smallness be equal to anything or greater than anything and have the functions of greatness and equality and not its own functions impossible then smallness cannot be in the whole of one but if at all in a part only yes and surely not in all of a part for then the difficulty of the whole will recur it will be equal to or greater than any part in which it is certainly then smallness will not be in anything whether in a whole or in a part nor will there be anything small but actual smallness true neither will greatness be in the one for if greatness be in anything there will be something greater other and besides greatness itself namely that in which greatness is and this too when the small itself is not there which the one if it is great must exceed this however is impossible seeing that smallness is wholly absent true but absolute greatness is only greater than absolute smallness and smallness is only smaller than absolute greatness very true then other things are not greater or less than the one if they have neither greatness nor smallness nor have greatness or smallness any power of exceeding or being exceeded in relation to the one but only in relation to one another nor will the one be greater or less than them or others if it has neither greatness nor smallness clearly not then if the one is neither greater nor less than the others it cannot either exceed or be exceeded by them certainly not and that which neither exceeds nor is exceeded must be on an equality and being on an equality must be equal of course and this will be true also of the relation of the one to itself having neither greatness nor smallness in itself it will neither exceed nor be exceeded by itself but will be on an equality with and equal to itself certainly then the one will be equal both to itself and the others clearly so and yet the one being itself in itself will also surround and be without itself and as containing itself will be greater than itself and 
as contained in itself will be less and will thus be greater and less than itself it will now there cannot possibly be anything which is not included in the one and the others of course not but surely that which is must always be somewhere yes but that which is in anything will be less and that in which it is will be greater in no other way can one thing be in another true and since there is nothing other or besides the one and the others and they must be in something must they not be in one another the one in the others and the others in the one if they are to be anywhere that is clear but inasmuch as the one is in the others the others will be greater than the one because they contain the one which will be less than the others because it is contained in them and inasmuch as the others are in the one the one on the same principle will be greater than the others and the others less than the one true the one then will be equal to and greater and less than itself and the others clearly and if it be greater and less and equal it will be of equal and more and less measures or divisions than itself and the others and if of measures also of parts of course and if of equal and more and less measures or divisions it will be in number more or less than itself and the others and likewise equal in number to itself and to the others how is that it will be of more measures than those things which it exceeds and of as many parts as measures and so with that to which it is equal and that than which it is less true and being greater and less than itself and equal to itself it will be of equal measures with itself and of more and fewer measures than itself and if of measures then also of parts it will and being of equal parts with itself it will be numerically equal to itself and being of more parts more and being of less less than itself certainly and the same will hold of its relation to other things inasmuch as it is greater than them it will be more in number than them and inasmuch as it is smaller it will be less in number and inasmuch as it is equal in size to other things it will be equal to them in number certainly once more then as would appear the one will be in number both equal to and more and less than both itself and all other things it will end of part two of parmenides recording in memory of mitchell edwards